Welcome to New Cities Sermon Podcast. Join us as we root deep in God's Word, expecting to be encouraged, challenged, and formed to be more like Jesus together. Let's get into the scriptures now. God is good. And all the time, you know what you all just did? You testified. Right just there, I tricked you into go ahead and you all did it already. Today is Testimony Sunday, and testimony comes from the Greek word that means martyr. And so we think about Stephen in the, Old, in the New Testament and other people who have died for their faith, and there's an association there between dying for your faith and expressing who Jesus is. But um, oftentimes we forget that that's part of also living. We're, we're not just dying uh, to express who Jesus is. We're also doing that with our lives. And today is Testimony Sunday. We're going to hear from a few people. But I just wanted to root um, this idea of testimony in the scriptures before we have several people come up. I just have a, you know me, I can't, I can't help it, but just give a little bit of a sermon. It'll be quick. It'll be quick. But I want to give you a few verses, first of all, from 1 John Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, John, who was with Jesus, says, What was from the beginning we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was revealed, and we have seen it, and we, we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Um, this, this verse, John, who was an apostle, an apostle is someone who was actually a witness to the life and death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Uh, he's saying, I saw it. Not only did I see it, but I touched him. I talked with him. And so I'm testifying what the gospel, what the good news actually is. John goes on in chapter four of the same thing to testify. He says, and we have seen and we testify that the father has sent his son as the world's savior. So not only did John see Jesus and witness his death and resurrection and ascension, but he's testifying that Jesus is the son of God, the savior of the world. In 2 Timothy 1.8, Paul writes this, So don't be ashamed of the, the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. Paul, for his testimony about Jesus, was imprisoned. And so he's encouraging Timothy to not be ashamed, but to keep living out the testimony of Jesus. But so what's interesting is when we testify, God uses it. I was telling some people earlier, they said like, you know, I want, I want God to use this. I want to touch people's hearts. And I said, you know what? Here's the great thing. You just share what's going on with you and what God has done, and you trust him that he's going to use it. That's what testimonies are about. In fact, if you know the story of the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, she encounters Jesus. She's this broken woman, and Jesus comes and encounters her. If you can go to the next slide. Now, many, uh, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. So here's this woman who's not very spiritual. 
uh, has a lot of issues and a lot of brokenness, but Jesus saves her and she just shares what he did. And God uses it to bring many other people to Jesus. And then lastly, uh, when you share a testimony, it can't help but encourage other people. Go back one. Uh, There's a psalm that says, Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for me. So God uses our testimonies just to encourage one another. And here's who you're going to hear from today. You're going to hear four different things. If you can go to the next one. You're going to hear from... Hannah and B, who are new believers, they're new worshipers of Jesus, and you're going to hear uh, from a missionary we support in Peru, John Thompson. You're going to hear from Esther about returning to worship Jesus, and then lastly, uh, Bill and Elizabeth Massey are going to share about God's faithfulness over 50 years of marriage. So um, I'm going to ask B and Hannah to come on up, and let's give them a hand as they come up. So proud of you all for being up here. You You know, if you've ever shared in front of a crowd, you kind of know like sometimes you get in your head a little bit about it. And so it's great just for you all to encourage them. them You want to hear from them. You want to hear what God's doing. So I want to ask B, first of all, B, how did you become a follower of Jesus? service for me I was, I was helping her to clean the church the other church and we were having a meeting there and I felt comfy there but I didn't do no service I was just from the outside helping with the food in fact I saw all those people I'm so happy what's going on with them <laughs> <laughs> I said, anytime I come here I see them happy hugging each other I don't see that everywhere I go so I was looking forward to come there all the time so when we moved there, I, I was observing for years. I'm talking, I'm observing everything, and I see something is solid here. Something is very strong going on. So I didn't know it was Jesus. I was just, you know, I was just wondering with my thoughts or whatever. So when uh, I came here and I was in service, I started crying out of the blue. I said, "What's going on with me? What's happening to me?" <laughs> and, I mean, I don't cry for a long time. I was like numb. And nothing, no matter. I say life is hard as it is. But I was crying for little things. I started crying for a little thing. So I said, I want to talk to Pastor John. I, she didn't ask me why, whatever. Like, she knew what's, what was going on. You had been having conversations with Chevelle about, yeah, about Jesus, Jesus, and you were trying to understand. And she's always prayed. She's always prayed. And then she said, I want to learn how to pray, too. How to, to, I mean, to talk to God. And she let me. I mean, practices. I she let me, me pray. She laughed at me sometimes because I don't say She said, I have to say, Lord. I said, Jesus, God. I have to say, Lord. So, I mean, when I talked to Pastor John, he made it clear to me. He put it on the board and simple about what Jesus did for us. I didn't know all that. I don't hear the stories growing up. I don't hear the stories about Jesus. And I was, I mean, I was blown. My brain, I couldn't believe what I was listening. Somebody died because of us, our sins. 
Amen. B is originally from Morocco and and grew up in a, in the Muslim faith. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. Strict. Yeah, strict Muslim. You remember B was baptized. There's a picture of her being baptized. And when we actually in this back room where the kids are, uh, it's where we sat down and talked. And I'm a visual guy, so I drew out a little diagram of like, here's how the gospel works. Our sin was put on Jesus on the cross, and his righteousness is given to us. And that's when B was like, say that again? And I, was, and I explained it to her, and she said, that's crazy, you know? <laughs> so it's a great story. But Hannah, Hannah has also become a Christian. Is it this year that you became a Christian? This year, yes. Okay, tell us, give us a little bit of your story and how you became a follower of Jesus. I was not really looking for Jesus, Jesus find me. Amen. Yeah, it was, I've been searching for the truth and love and peace for like 33 decades. And I try all kind of new age stuff. I, I've been into deep, deep. I get into yoga. I get into meditation. I get into all kinds of new age practices, which is very dangerous, now I can see, just to find happiness mm -hmm. and fullness. In the new age practices, we don't really worshiping God, we're worshiping the creation. Mm -hmm. Like we're worshiping Mother Earth, we're worshiping the moon, the sun, we're worshiping everything else but the creator the universe, so we try to connect. We're aiming for that love, but we don't know. I, I don't know what, what I was aiming for. So I was into so many things. Like three decades, I tried every, everything. Even um, shamanic work. Mm -hmm. So I, I, 13 years ago, I dropped into like shamanic uh, practices like I don't know if you guys ever heard about ayahuasca uh, taking psychedelics just to connect and mm -hmm. I believe it's going to help me and heal me because I come from a background with a lot of, lot of trauma as a child mm -hmm. and I always was missing something out and I was looking for that connection but I was looking for the wrong direction now I understand but Jesus found you Jesus find me. So, How did he find you? So I was so depressed. I tried everything impossible and more. And uh, in March, I was still using a lot of psychedelics. I was even growing my own magic mushrooms and trying to help others to heal. Because now, probably you guys hear about that they they saying, uh, yeah, psychedelics are healing like depression, addictions, all kind of sort of things. Smoking weed, I was into all those things. And uh, I never felt whole. Never, never felt like 
hold. I, I've been just keeping jumping into one thing to the other, meditating. Meditating is a different thing, like meditation called in the Christian world. You're just emptying yourself when you open to something and you get attacked. So I knew I have a lot of demonic possessions mm -hmm. and uh, I was very depressed. And the more I was due, the more deeper I get in uh, the depression. And it was always making me feel good just a little bit so I, I could believe it's working. But then I went deeper in the rabbit hole. So it was keep me up a little bit, then I was far back into deeper. So I was digging deeper and deeper and I, I went in very deep, like mm. deep, deep, deep. So I, I have a breakdown in March, just using a lot of substances. Mm -hmm. And I was lying a lot to my family. They don't really know what I'm going through because as I grew up, I was always a loner, like uh, hiding stuff, like smiling to the outside world and then never really sharing my pain with the, the people. So I was masking a lot of pain and I thought I have to do it alone. And I was so aiming for help, but I don't know where to look for. So I break down in March and um, I was crying for my mother because I just lost her like two years before. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, mom, anybody out there? And I was crying and, and um, I was like, God, anybody out there? Mm -hmm. And I felt the Holy Spirit. I didn't know back then what was that, but I felt somebody just come over me and I just start crying, just like the experience, the crying. I still crying today. Like <laughs> I still experiencing that glanceness. And um, the Holy Spirit guided me to all kinds of prayers, like uh, deliverance prayers. I believe I was attacked by a lot of demonic experience, uh, entities, which is real. I can tell you guys, it's real. Like the spiritual warfare is real. I see that in first hand and I experienced that in first hand. So, yes, I, I was just led into by the Holy Spirit uh, to these prayers and I was just laying in bed and I listening for hours and I crying and cleansing and just went through the process and I felt lighter and I, I, my heart was opening and my eyes is open and I start listening. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And I heard like, get a Bible. I'm like, wow, Bible. I tried that before and I never understood. So I get two Bibles at the same time and start reading. <laughs> and I was just like amazed how it makes sense. I'm like, wow, I understand. I never did it before. So that's how I start changing my mindset. And so you're the, reading God's word and it's it changing you as you read it. It's changing me and um, I change a lot. So uh, March has happened and it's keep continue and uh, I start going to the Calvary Chapel. That was the only place I knew, right? And uh, I went alone and it was a big community and I, I just keep crying every sermon I was going there and I felt like God is talking only to me. I was like amazed. And one day they just said it's going to be a baptism in uh, June 10th. That was my mother's second year of anniversary. I wow. lost her. I'm like, this is God talking to me. I mean, I have to be there. So I went to the beach. 
I get baptized and I was just bawling my eyes out and, and uh, Jesus come and that's when I receive him. And uh, since that, my life is changing. I keep getting rid of a lot of stuff over 30 years of collecting like crystals and all kind of singing bars and all kind of crazy things I was believing I throw in us slowly and let, letting go everything. And we've had some conversations yes, along the and, way Yes, and uh, I find this church and I was amazed because I was keep continue to go to Calvary Chapel, but I was so lonely. I was going by myself, my husband, not really a believer. He's a, such a good guy. And that's, his, that's her family that came with her a week ago on Christmas Eve. So my son got actually saved by Jesus this year as well. Amen. So it's like a domino effect. And <laughs> thank you. He, uh, I was praying for my children, and it's happening. I knew my, my husband is next, so I'm not pushing. Just like, like, come on, it's Christmas. Come to see yeah. my family, my church family. And uh, yes, everything is just happening, and I'm, I'm getting rid of a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, my studio is the next because I have a, I own a yoga studio, so I was deeply in, involved. I try not to teaching yoga anymore, but I still have some cleansing. Like it's it's hard to let go when you into that deep spiritual um, things. So. Slowly, I'm gonna get rid of my studio this year or next next year. Sorry, I was promised to we're gonna have Bible studies. We're gonna have one, so she we wanted, can say goodbye. She to wanted the to studio. host everybody at the studio for Bible study. So but. we're gonna say goodbye together to the studio. If you guys wanna come, that would be lovely. So you guys yeah. can help me to this process. I would be really appreciate that. Amen. And uh, yeah, I, I'm loving my life. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. I feel so light, and I find what I was looking for every 30 years. The peace and love, it's just unwordable. Like, how easy is that? I don't have to do, yeah. do it alone. I don't have to do it alone, because yeah. I was trying to fix everything by myself. I don't have to do nothing. Just believe, and let the love come in. Thank you. You know what I love about, yeah, let's, let's. What I love about their story is, is, is they're different, right? And Jesus interacts with them in a way, you know, you see in, in your story, like the power of God coming into your life and changing you. And you're wrestling with these things. I'm like, what is going on? I don't know what's happening. And for B, it's like this teaching, right? The teaching, the, the, the facts of the gospel. When she heard the facts of the gospel, she was like, what? I can't believe this. And so God works in their lives in ways that they need in order for them to come to Jesus. And that's what's amazing. The fact that these women believe or that any of us believe, it's a spiritual miracle. It's a spiritual miracle. Amen? I'm going to ask John Robinson to come forward. John is someone who loves to encourage people. And so I asked him if he would come forward and pray for both of you. Is that right? Yeah. Come on up here, John, and we'll grab this mic. What an honor. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And thank you for your testimonies. Crazy stories. Great stories. So I'm going to pray for you too. 
Lord Jesus, I just thank you for their willingness, not just to stand up here, but uh, to make that big decision to say yes to you in their lives, Lord. And uh, I'm just uh, pleased with Pastor John about these clothes. It's just crazy. <laughs> and it is just crazy what he did for all of us. And we just thank you that you have shown up in their lives. And Lord, I just pray in 2024 that they'll be open to how you're going to use to do things to them, to their families, to their husbands, wives, children, cousins, neighbors, co-workers, whatever it is, Lord, that you have before them, that you have before them, and just clear the path. Make it easy for them, Lord, even when it seems like it's going to be really difficult that they can speak your name and people will want to know more just by watching what you've done in their lives. And we just thank you for both of them, and uh, we praise you for what you did for all of us. Amen. Thank you, John. Thank you both. We love you both. We're proud of you, and we're grateful to God. I, uh, I, I kind of feel like if we ended there, it would be great. It would be fine, but it's like, there's more. It's like a game show. There's more, okay? So um, the, the next thing is we have started financially supporting a second missionary this year. You know that we have supported Pastor Maklin Basse in Togo, West Africa. And if you have been around, you've met uh, John Thompson, who is in Lima, Peru. John and his wife returned to Lima, Peru, where his wife grew up as a missionary kid. And they went back to help renew the church that her parents helped start decades ago. So kind of a, a cool story. And I asked him if he'd just give us a short update on what he's doing as we support him. So here's uh, John Thompson. What's up, New City family? This is Pastor John Thompson uh, here in Lima, Peru. And I just wanted to send a quick video message to say thank you so much for your support and your love. Um, it was a thrill to be with you several months ago and hopefully uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in 2024. Uh, we've been here about seven months and we've seen the Lord do some incredible things in Lima, both in our family, but also in the ministry. And as the year comes to an end and 2024 is upon us, we're really excited about uh, what God is doing, not only in replanting and rebuilding the church here, but also launching uh, some key initiatives and partnering with uh, City to City and other organizations across the city to see the gospel uh, work continue and more kingdom impact happen. So. Uh, you can pray for us uh, about those things. Know that we're praying for you. We're super grateful for you. Uh, we love you. We love your pastor and his family and can't wait to see you guys in 2024. Thanks for everything. So I was, I was texting with John today and he's like, you need to come down and have a, a quick visit. He said, it's, it's not that far from Miami actually to get there. And you stay on the same time zone. And he said, it's, it's actually like the best cuisine in South America, arguably, and in the world. And I was like, I'm there. I will suffer for Jesus and come visit you in Lima. So uh, we'll pray for John as well in just a minute. But I want to ask Esther to come up and let's welcome her as she comes up. What's that? That's, she said, that's the picture you used? I thought it was a great picture. <laughs> We're so glad that you're sharing with us. Um, Esther and her parents, uh, can you wave mom and dad? Have been part of our church since, uh, since we actually moved here into this building. And so, so has Hannah. So it's interesting 
If you were part of our church when we were just down the street in the building that we had for five years, now we're here and God's doing new things, right? We have new people involved. We see new stories of faith and it's just exciting. Um, and Esther has got back involved with church through, uh, through this. So I don't want to steal her story. I, I just want to ask you, Esther, can share a little bit that you, you grew up as a Christian, but had a season where you kind of walked away from the faith. Yes. What, was, what happened there? My story is very chaotic. Um, uh, did my wonderful parents raise my sister and I, a homeschooled Christian family, and we're also the only family in the states. I think that's important. Like all of our family still lives internationally, so it's just the four of us, you know. And we did a lot. We did church camp. We did Bible quizzing, Sunday school, Awana, everything throughout the week. And I think. I was still just going through the motions, as like heartbreaking as that sounds. <clears throat> I may cry, by the way. That's okay. Um, uh, and especially like in my teenage years, I just saw other kids my age, and I was like, I don't have that. Like, I don't have that fire that they have. So I started internalizing it, and I was like, okay, so I'm probably not really saved. I guess I'm just here you know, and I felt really bad that I was like an imposter among all these people who really seemed genuine. Um, and then um, I started bartending. This is later in life, but I think that not was Not when you the, were in kindergarten. Not when okay, I was, yeah, seven sure. years old. Mom and dad would uh, be for that. Yeah. But I started serving first in the restaurant industry and then was there for a few years. So I started bartending and it's really good money. It's fast money. And that was, oof, that was the bad part. I think I started getting caught up in the lifestyle of making fast money, you know, working long nights, weekends, started drinking before I was 21. So I was already involved in some bad snowball effect. Um, and I met somebody... I, this is my family, so I'm going to be just honest with y'all. Um, I met a guy, and when I was, like, 19, I moved way too fast. We moved in together. His friend group and everything kind of influenced me into doing a bunch of drugs and just living a terrible lifestyle for such a long time. It was not very long after that I stopped talking to my family, and I was lying about everything all the time. And... Um, that was, we were together and I was living all of that, doing that for probably like two or three years um, while I was still bartending too. And I think it was just a revelation one time where I knew that his friends and like that, those people that I thought I trusted, no one really cared about what you were going through. And sometimes I would just, you know, break down and be like, oh, I miss my family. Like, I really do miss, like, the love that I had in that community, whether or not I felt like I was, like, someone who belonged there. And I just remember thinking one day, I was like, wow, if I just, like, overdose right now, my parents don't even know where I am. Mm -hmm. Like, I just felt like I was letting them down a lot. And I always think about the prodigal, the prodigal son in the Bible, the story of that. Because when I was trying to move out of my ex-boyfriend's house, he started to get physically abusive with me. Mm. And I just called my mom and I said, listen, like, I need you to come and help me. And 
they just welcomed me with open arms. And I felt like I just had so much reconciliation to do and I wasn't worthy to come back and live with them. Um, but by the grace of God, I mean, their love always has been what's pointed me back to Jesus. And so I didn't even start going back to church at first. I just kind of wanted to be by myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to kind of like wallow in everything that I had done. And um, I'm, my parents found this church, and they invited me to come in July. This is the first church that I've been back to in years. And I just can't tell you how incredible it is to now actually make it personal, read the Bible for myself and understand, you know, like God's grace is good and he's always going to be watching over us no matter what. You know, my parents' faith is not going to save me. I had to find this on my own. Like I had to repent and understand like the lifestyle I was living was just destructive for me and everyone around me. So I can't thank God enough for this church family and for my parents. Amen. I want you to recognize that uh, she took a risk by sharing everything with you all. And um, could we give her another clap to let her know she's loved? And just as a testimony to see God's grace, how many of you were in the faith and had a season where you walked away as a prodigal? Yeah, yeah. And God has welcomed us back. So you're in good company. And we're, we love you, and we're so glad that you're here. And now when we see you worshiping and leading us in worship on Sundays, I think it's more meaningful for the rest of us. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for Esther. Lord Jesus, we thank you for um, this sweet woman of God. Uh, we thank you that you have called her back to yourself. Lord, we thank you for parents who um, loved you, and I'm sure were on their knees praying. And we're so thankful that you listened to the prayers and you drew Esther back. And we pray that you would guide her and protect her and give her the wisdom and grace that she needs Lord, we know that you're going to use her story for your purposes. And so we thank you that she shared openly with us, her church family. That's an honor to, ha to have her story as part of our church. And Lord, we're so thankful that we get to be the church that she reconnects with you in. And so we pray that you would help her, that you would encourage her. Lord, we pray, um, Lord, for parents who might be concerned about other children, their children who have wandered away, Lord. We pray that you would draw those kids back. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much. Let's clap for her one more time. All right, I'm gonna ask, um, well, first of all, let me, let me say a couple things. Yeah, give some hugs on the way back. We can do that. Um, some people don't know, but um, my parents are actually Dan and Jenna Homas. They're here in the third row. Can you guys raise your hands? And I'm also blessed because my in-laws, Bill and Elizabeth Massey, there in like the fourth or fifth row, they're also part of the church. And really interesting year for us because um, Bill and Elizabeth are celebrating 50 years of marriage. And so are my parents. 
And so um, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, last night we actually hosted a vow renewal ceremony for, for Bill and Elizabeth. They had, we had a little party at our house and they recommitted to one another, uh, maybe for the next 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm going to show a quick video from last night and then Bill and Elizabeth are going to come up to be our last testimony and talk a little bit about what we God's have gathered done. this evening in the sight of God and in the presence of these family members and friends to witness the renewal of the wedding vows of Bill and Elizabeth. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Because we tend to think that it's the love that sustains the covenant. And really, it's the covenant that sustains the love. It's God's commitment to us that sustains his love for us. I, Bill, take you, Elizabeth, to be my wedded wife. I, Elizabeth, take you, Bill, to be my wedded husband. And I do promise and covenant before these witnesses. To be your loving and faithful wives. In sickness and in health. Plenty and in want. In joy and in sorrow. As long as we both shall live. I renew this solemn vow. I renew this solemn vow. Elizabeth, I gave you this ring 50 years ago. The symbol of my promise. Of my constant faithfulness and abiding love. By God's grace, I meant what I promised when I gave you this ring. And by God's grace, I'll keep meaning it. By the power vested in me by God as a minister of Jesus' gospel, I now declare your wedding vows renewed. Bill, you may kiss your bride. Okay. Over 50 years, it's, it's been really remarkable to watch. May this fresh recommitment reaffirm your love and devotion to each other. Amen. Bill and Elizabeth, come on up. I remember being terrified when I asked Bill if I could marry his daughter. And never did I thought that I'd be doing the vows for them. So it's really an honor. I have a story about that. Oh, let's, today. yeah. Some, some service later on. Let's wait on that one. Uh, Y'all have been great parent-in-laws. I just wanted to, um, you know, use the, the richness of 50 years of marriage to help us and encourage us. And so... Um, what have y'all learned about marriage over the last 50 years? It's hard, and it's a commitment, and it's important to depend on the power of God, the power of prayer, and the power of the Word of God. That's great. And being married to somebody that has such an amazing sense of humor is really... <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> But, it, but, it, but it, it's wonderful. It's been yeah. a wonderful 50 years. Yeah. He's the best ever. It's, it's magical we are even married. To get to the altar the day we were married, there's a story there, not for today, 
but God worked a miracle just to make it happen in the very beginning. It's been magical through 50 years. There's been ups and downs. God has always said, my children, children, <laughs> behave, behave. <laughs> so it's been a magical ride. And Amen. you saw the girl in the hot pink dress in the yeah. video. She still is hot for me today. <laughs> what you mentioned a little bit about how you've leaned on God. What what have you guys learned about walking with Jesus together over the past 50 years? Well, let me start. Okay. We were not walking together with Jesus in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a small church in Mississippi. I went to church every Sunday. Mama walked us up the street to the church. I read the Bible stories. I learned many, many of the verses, memorized those. And then adolescence set in. Mm-hmm. And eventually college rolled around, and I went away to school unsupervised, <laughs> uh, uncontrolled in a world that I had never experienced before, having grown up in a small town. So I drifted away from God. And when I came back after I finished school, my best friend in high school introduced me to this cute little girl. And we went out on a date. The next thing I knew, she asked me to go to church. So I looked at her and I said, now she's cute. (laughs) But I'm a little uncomfortable with her having invited me to church. But she's so cute. (laughs) So... So, yes, we went to church. She took me to church almost from the get-go. And, you know, what I saw then was, I knew I liked what I saw on the outside, but it was what was on the inside of this girl that led me back to a relationship to God. The day I knelt in a small little chapel outside of Memphis, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. just a prayer chapel, a little small thing, and gave my life once again to God, that was one of the best days of my life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What I love is I love hearing my father-in-law still delight in my mother-in-law. Do you hear? Even yesterday when he he dipped her a little bit when he kissed her. And and I love that. I love that. There's still a flame there. I asked my own dad, Dan, if he would come up and um, as someone who's also about to celebrate 50 years, if he would come up and pray for Bill and Elizabeth, and then um, we'll, we'll wind down our service. Can I give him a microphone? My dear friends, because <laughs> you are friends, it's really cool when you like your son's in-laws. It really is. Oh, what a special thing to pray for you, Lord. In the providence of God, you've brought Bill and Elizabeth together. Even though it took six times, I'm still thankful that he was persistent. Lord, continue to bless them in their years that are coming up. They've been such a blessing to so many people. So many people as they stand for you. I pray this next year would be even better than last year as you guide and lead them. And they can hear your voice saying, Bill and Elizabeth, This is the way walk in it. Trust me. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining with us as we rooted deep in God's word. If you found this sermon encouraging, share it with a friend. You can learn more about New City by going to newcityhh.com or checking us out on social media by searching New City HH. 
We'll see you next week. 